Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's up? I'm so glad that you guys are here. Keep dropping where you are tuning in from, where you're joining us from. You do not understand how important that is. It's super important that you let us know where you are tuning in from because we really could be coming to a city near you. I want you to save the date putting it on the screen for you. Save the date, May 20th. We are going to be ATL bound Georgia. Here we come. Here we come. We're going to be in the building. Save the date, May 20th. It's going to be our meetup in Georgia. If you are going to, if you are in the Georgia area, if you can drive to get there, get there. It is going to be an awesome time of connection and fellowship. This is an opportunity if you are in Georgia to bring your friend with you. You come to this church, maybe you can't get them to get online on a Saturday morning. That's cool. That's because they don't know what they miss and they got to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? They got to taste and see that BFCC is the truth. So invite them to come. There is no cost for them to attend for you guys to come. Um, our gracious host, I ain't going to say her name because I haven't got permission yet, but I mean, I feel like... I mean, obviously her name will be on the flyer. So I'm just going ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. So excited about Tiffany, Don, and Atia. Go Tip. Go Tip. Go Tip. Go Tip. So excited. So excited uh, that she is our host down there. I'm going to be there. I hope that you guys are there. I want to meet you there. If you are in the Atlanta area, you get to Atlanta, come and see us. What's good? And if you're jealous that I'm going to be in Atlanta and I'm not going to be in your city, well, good. Because I keep telling you to drop in the chat where you're tuning in from. And if you would like to host a meetup, I told you to send me an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Okay? So do it. If you want me to come to your city, you want to host, a uh, meetup and BF uh, a meetup for BFCC in your community. We would love to partner with you to do that. So just uh, send us an email, and then we'll get into conversations and get those, you know, gears going, so we can call. Okay, I'll be at ATL now. I don't know about that traffic. God bless. Every time I get excited, I can hear somebody say, "But what about that traffic?" I'm like, "You ain't lying now." But we're not going to allow the traffic to stop us, okay? We're going to just keep on going. We're going to get down to Atlanta, and it's going to be worth sitting in the traffic. I don't know where all these people come from 
no matter what time you travel. It's like, bruh, y'all need to go home. <laughs> I'm excited. I hope that you're excited. Save the date. Save the date. How many of you in Georgia are going to be there? If you live in Georgia, you need to be at this meetup. It's, come on now. It is free. Child, if you don't get to this meetup, it is going to be super low-key, super casual. So you ain't got to worry about getting dressed up. You can come like you come into hangouts or meet up with your friends because that's basically what it is. But I'm going to um, share whatever the Lord has on my heart to share. And we're going to connect with um, one another and build relationship right there in Atlanta, Georgia. Hope to see you there. Okay, I feel like that's the only announcement I need to make at the top of the hour. Save the date, May 20th. We are ATL bound. Oh, you know what else I should be telling y'all about? I'm about to tell y'all about this too. Um, <laughs> I should have said this first. It's okay. This is how y'all know we live for real and real. <laughs> this is unedited. That's how you know. Um, you know what you need to get your ticket for? If you haven't, I don't even know what you're trying to do with your life. Please get your ticket. Stop waiting till the last minute. That's so aggravating for people who have to organize it. <laughs> so get your ticket for the Faith Ignited Retreat. It is July 14th through the 17th. It's going to be in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you don't have your ticket, go ahead and get your ticket. You're going to go to boldfaithchurch.org. There is certainly a cost for the retreat. Um, it is going to be an amazing time. We're going to start out with a welcome dinner, all these amazing sessions, opportunities for you to connect with God in a way that you haven't before. There are breakthroughs that happen in that room. People are changed and transformed. There's a blessing. There's a breakthrough. There's a bond. There's a connection. There is something for you, woman of God, in that room. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be a small, intimate group of about 30 women. There are only 30 spots available. That's not how many spots are open. I'm saying we're only taking 30 women. <laughs> I don't know how many spots are open, but we're only taking 30 women. And if you have not gotten a ticket and you know you're coming, get your ticket so that we know you're coming. Don't, Because we don't believe you. If you ain't bought your ticket, we don't believe you coming. I know you said it, but we don't believe you. We're not going to believe you till you get your ticket. Get your ticket and then get in the room. Okay, that's it. Five minutes of announcements. Oh my gosh, Kirch. Get into you. People ain't come for this. Well, too bad. These are announcements you need to know about. Okay. <laughs> All right. So listen, um, let's get into this. Today's going to be a little different, right? I'm going to go ahead and give you the title. Come and get your breakthrough. Is there anybody who needs a breakthrough? Drop breakthrough in the chat. Drop some type of emoji, hand up, something. Let me know if you need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I'm trying to tell you. I just recently got a breakthrough and I feel like, okay, one, and I praise the Lord and I celebrate it and I worship God. And now I'm like, okay, I got another, <laughs> I need another one. I recently got a breakthrough. The beautiful thing about breakthroughs is that what they really are, when somebody says, oh, I need to get a breakthrough, right? It, a breakthrough is a blessing. Because it means that you've been delivered from something that was holding you back. You've been delivered from whatever was getting in the way of you becoming everything God has created you to be. 
of everything God has created. There is something that's holding me back. I need to get a breakthrough in this marriage. I need to get a breakthrough in my mindset. I need to get a breakthrough in my finances with this business, something. There is something that is holding me back. There's something, maybe you know what it is. Maybe you don't even know what it is, but you need to break free. You need a breakthrough. You know that there is something beautiful on the other side of this thing that you're in. And, and your situation seems a little impossible if you're honest. You just don't know how it's going to happen. You know that God can do anything. We're going we gonna to be honest today. If we ain't nothing else, we're going to be honest. You know that God can do anything. You're just not certain that he's willing to do this thing for you. You know that God is possible, but you think that the likeliness that he will bless you in this way is, is not probable, right? You understand that God has the power to do something. You're just no longer certain that he's going to do it in and through you, right? You find yourself right now in what seems like an impossible situation. And I thought today we would study Peter, Acts 12, verse 1 through 11 is where our focus will be. But I kind of want to look at it like as a case study. Um, just kind of looking at the situation that Peter's in, what he's facing, what the outlook looks like, what the outcome was, and then let's look to seeing how he, how he got his, his results. Because that's what we want. If Peter got a breakthrough, I want to look at this. I want to study this so I can get a breakthrough. Can I tell y'all a secret? Honestly, when I started studying the Bible, that's really why I was studying it. Now, I love the Lord now. I love spending time in his presence. But when I started studying the Bible, I wasn't really feeling the Lord that super, super that much. <laughs> but I thought... These people in this Bible, they were able to do all these things and I can't do nothing. <laughs> so, you know, and if God is the same today and yesterday, then I, I need to get in here and see what, what are these people doing that I'm not doing. So we're going to look at this today like a case study so that we can get our breakthrough. It doesn't, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like super spiritual, but it is super strategic. And that is how God has created me to be. And I've gotten a breakthrough from worrying about what it looks like or feels like, how it compares to other people. This is how he's created me to be. It's one of my superpowers. And I'm going to use that, you know, uh, to help somebody get a breakthrough today. I hope that's all right with y'all. If it's not all right with you, it's okay, because I'm doing it anyway. So read with me at chapter 12, verse 1 through 11. I'm going to be reading through the ESV. Drop amen. If you have it, it's the ESV that I'm reading. Yes, let me take a sip of my tea. All right. About that time. I mean, something else was going on. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out 
to the people. This is his plan. He has, uh, he's got this master plan. This is his plan. Verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer from him, for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and centuries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and give you this formula. Okay. I'm going to give you a formula for breakthrough. I don't want to give the impression that this is the only formula, but this is a formula that we can see through this particular case study. Okay. And that formula is prayer plus participation equals breakthrough. Okay. Prayer plus participation equals blessing. You can put that there. Prayer plus participation equals deliverance. So whether you need a breakthrough, if you need a blessing, if you need deliverance, this is going to help you. Okay. So let's look at what we got. So we got Peter in prison. Let me really help you understand his impossible situation because I know that y'all are in impossible situations or there are things that you just cannot figure out. You know that God wants you to do something, but it just seems impossible for where you're sitting. You don't know how you're going to get out of the situation that you're in. You don't know how you're going to get to the next level. You don't know how you're going to complete the task that God has given you. When I look around, it does not look like I'm going to be able to do the thing that God has called me to do. When it, when I think about who God has called me to become, it's not that he wants me to be this new person, right? It's that I'm becoming who he always created me to be. It was always in me, right? But when I look around who I am, maybe sometimes when I look in the mirror, the person that's looking back at me, all I can see are the scars, all I can see are the cuts and the bruises. All I can see are the mistakes. All I can see are the shortcomings. So I find myself in an impossible situation. Anybody feels like I'm facing something. I just, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I know what the Lord want me to do, but I just, I don't have what I need. I don't have the resources, the support. Anybody feel like you ain't got enough pull. You ain't got enough clout. You ain't got enough leverage. 
Peter's the same way. So what we have is a king who is eager to please the Jews. He does, he's not just a king who is upset with the Christians or those who follow the way or those who um, call themselves followers of Christ. He doesn't just take an issue with the church. He doesn't have a problem, a personal problem with the church. He's not Jewish, right? Really and truly, uh, he is the type of king as most kings were that just love to be praised and adored. And so he's one that likes to get praise from the Jews. How do we know this? Because we see in the scripture where it says, when he saw that killing James's brother pleased the Jews, he was like, oh, I'm going to do that again. He put Peter in prison. What does it look like? It looks like they do anything for clout. That's what it's looking like. Like he's doing this. Like he, he seems like shout out to Lady Gaga. He'll do anything for the applause. She says, I live for the applause. It seems to me like King Herod also lives for the applause. And this is the perfect timing for maximum applause. This, it says, this was during the days of unleavened bread. Do you know what that means? The days of unleavened bread, it means it's time for Passover. Why does that matter? Why does that mean it's the maximum time for, um, for applause? Because if he wants to get praise from the Jews, then the more Jews there are, the more praise he can get. And because it's Passover time, it means Jews have come from all over all the ends of the earth and they have uh, fled here, not fled here, come here to Jerusalem because this is where the Passover takes place, takes over in this place in the holy city so they have come here for that it is a time of passover people have come from far and wide jews specifically have come from far and wide so this is perfect timing to maximize his applause he probably got some applause when he killed james but now all these jews here baby he about to turn up and get maximum applause. So now he's taking Peter. He's put Peter in prison. He didn't just put Peter in prison, by the way. Right? It's not. It's, he didn't just put Peter in prison. He put Peter in prison. And um, he gave him to four squads of soldiers to guard him. Four squads. Which says a lot. But I ain't going to go there right now. Four squads of soldiers to guard him. This is. There are 16. By the way, there are four sets of four. That's what that's really is what's happening here. And so there are probably two at the door and two on assigned to his body. I don't know if you ever played basketball, if you know anything about basketball, but one of the plays they used to run is man to man. So that means everybody is defending a man. It's not all on one person. There is not one person on the other team that's not being defended by somebody on this team, right? Somebody it's man to man. Everybody got a man. That's kind of what they were doing, except for instead of man to man, he didn't doubled up. He got two people around the clock watching Peter with not just watching, guarding him. Why? Make sure he, he don't get out. Make sure there's no funny business with these Christians breaking him out. He's chained between two guards. His outlook, it looks impossible to me. Which is what you said your outlook is. Which is what you believe. You think it is impossible for that man to come to know Christ and lead in that household. You think that it's impossible that your money going to stop looking funny. You think that it's impossible for you to get to the next. So you think that it's impossible for you to overcome anxiety. Come on, Jesus. You think that it's impossible for you to be completely healed from depression. Come on, Jesus. Okay? 
You, that's what you think right now. You think based on your current situation that it is impossible that you can live out this thing that God has put in you. Well, he's also in an impossible. Y'all the same. Kind of. You're also in an impossible situation. It seems like Peter is facing certain death. This is not just some priest who's thinking about killing Peter because the priest didn't actually have power to kill. They had to get permission from uh, the Roman government, Roman officials. That's where they had to get permission from. But he's the king. So he definitely has the authority to kill you. He already did it. Seen him do it. And he likes the response. And this is a great time for him to get an even greater response. Um you know, this is what he wants to do. So he's going to be able to do it. So you're probably really going to die. But we can see that the outcome is not that, that he is delivered out of the hand of the enemy. We see that there's a miracle that takes place, that in spite of all the odds being stacked up against him, in spite of the fact that the odds were not forever in his favor, we still see that Peter is delivered out of the hand of the enemy. How, Sway? How, how does he get this? How does he get delivered? I mean, I know we saw, but I, if I wanted to get delivered, if I wanted to get a breakthrough, if, if I wanted to get a, if I, how could I do it? How, how, what is, is there a model that I can follow? What I see here, the model that we see here is prayer, and participation. Verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer. And when I first wrote my notes down, I actually wrote down earnest prayers, which is plural, but that's not the right way to go. It's not what it says. Anyway, it says, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. That's the ESV. NIV says the church was earnestly praying, ing, praying to God for him. He wasn't praying for himself, even. Some some of y'all not even praying for yourself. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. It's it's not necessary, actually, for this this particular formula. Does not even require it. Sometimes you so down and out that you cannot pray for yourself. Sometimes you are in such despair that you cannot even gather your thoughts to ask God to help you, to heal you, to hear your humble cry. And so that's not required. Because if it's required for some of y'all to pray for yourself to get out this situation, you ain't getting out. Because you just don't have it in you. You can't pray for your marriage no more. You're not praying for that spouse no more. You're not praying about this money no more. You can't keep praying about your depression. You're not going to keep praying about your anxiety. You're just going to accept it. That's what we love to do. We love to say we're just accepting that this is what the Lord has given me. This is my cross to bear. And Lord, I'm still going to bless you. That's great. But I'm talking to those of you who are wanting a breakthrough. I want you to understand that it's okay even if you can't pray for yourself in this season. I can see here it's not required. I'm just talking about what the Bible says. So Peter was kept in prison by earnest prayer for him. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. 
The church was praying for him. The church didn't pray for him one time. They were in prayer. That's why it says, but earnest prayer for him was made to God. It wasn't like a one-time thing. It wasn't multiple prayers. They were in unison. They were on one accord and they were praying earnestly for Peter. I don't know if you know this, but God hears and he answers our prayers. He hears us. When somebody asks you to pray for them, when you say you're going to pray for somebody, do you understand that you have positioned yourself as a part of the equation for their deliverance? Do you understand that? Do you understand the importance of intercessory prayer? I know sometimes when your gifting is in prayer and it's like, oh, I'm an intercessor, I, you know, I can pray, but I can't do that, right? Well, I can just do this. The only thing I can do is pray. All I can do for them is pray. The only thing I can, I'm a just pray. It's like it's my last resort. It's like it's not as powerful as it is. But do you understand that to stand in the gap for somebody and pray for their deliverance is a powerful place to be? Do you understand what an honor it is that God hears and answers the prayers of those of us who pray on behalf of somebody else? So I wonder if we would stop talking about how people need to change. Come on, Jesus. And if we would get down on our knees and start praying for a change. Oh God, that you would open up their eyes. Oh God, that you would turn their heart towards you. Oh God, that you would give them an opportunity to see themselves as you see them, oh God. Oh God, if they could hear you. Oh God, if you would bring somebody into their life. Oh God, if you could protect. Listen, what it would look like if people of God who believed in prayer would use prayer, you understand, would use prayer to stand in the gap for somebody who's in such a bad situation, they can't pray for themselves. Whenever I have a friend um, that comes to me and we're talking and they're telling me about their frustration, about their impossible situation. I'm probably one of the most annoying people that you can talk to when you feel like your life is upside down and there is no hope for you. I'm probably one of the most annoying people that you can talk to because even if you are crying, I still believe God. Even if it looks like you're not going to win, I still believe God. Even though you've lost hope in your marriage, I still believe God. Even though he walling out, I still believe God. Even though your account is in the red, I still believe God. Even though you couldn't get a part-time job and you needed that money, I still believe God. I don't care what it is you're telling me. I still believe God. And I'm, a, I'm glad you're telling me because I'm praying. I'm, and I'm going to tell you, girl, I'm going to pray for y'all to the ink dry. People be mad. I don't want you praying for me. Oh, God, that's cool. I'm going to pray for you anyway. I'm going to stand in the gap for you. When you come to me complaining and venting and I'm encouraging you and I can see that you are unable to say prayers for yourself, baby, you better know I'm going to be praying for you. I don't care how bad it is. I'm praying. I don't care what the doctor said. I'm praying because I believe God. And sometimes it's easier 
Come on, somebody, to believe God for somebody else's situation than it is for our own, but I ain't going to let this belief go to waste. Just because I ain't got enough belief for my own situation, I'm not going to let my belief for your situation to go to waste. Baby, I'm about to cry out before God for you, okay? So this is, you don't even have to be in a position where you are praying for yourself. We can see this. God hears and answers. I want to get back to this. But it also requires your it requires your participation though. It might not require that you pray, but it does require that you participate. Verse seven, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, woke him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. He participated. The angel said, wake up. What did he do? He got up. Angel said, put your clothes on. Put your shoes on. What he did? He got dressed. He said, follow me. What did he do? Verse nine. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. He didn't even think the angel was real. He didn't think he was asleep. He thought he was seeing a vision. It doesn't say that he thought he was dreaming. Catch that. He didn't say, it doesn't say he thought he was dreaming. So he knows he's awake. He doesn't realize that the angel is real. He thinks he's seeing a vision and yet he still follows. He gets up. The thing that stood out to me is that every time I listened to it, I listened to this over and over and over this chapter. Every time I heard it in my head, the thing that stuck out to me was he struck Peter on the side. I'm like, struck? That seems violent. <laughs> it, is, it doesn't say he tapped him. It doesn't say he patted him. I looked in all the different, all the different, um, you know, translations. I looked up multiple translations and struck I mean, they like that word struck. That seems, that don't seem like a gentle waking up to me personally. But you don't, you know what? He not, he not like me. Peter did not get distracted by the struck. He, he didn't get distracted by being struck. He didn't say, oh my gosh, you woke me up, you scared me. He ain't do that. He just, he, he gets up, he gets dressed, he follows the angel, he participates. Do you know what is of no impact, no concern to him? His uncertainty, the fact that he thinks it's a vision, that has no impact on the outcome, how he's going to get past the guards. He doesn't know how he's going to get past the guards. That has no impact. That's of no concern to him. And that, that doesn't keep him from doing it. I don't know how I'm going to get past these guards. I don't know how we're going to get out the gate. He didn't ask the angel, okay, I'm going to follow you, but what about the guards? Okay, I'm going to follow you, but what about the gate? Those things were of no impact, no concern to Peter at all. He was able to get out. So this is what I want to know. What has you in chains right now? I want you to get this because I want you to be able to apply this to your life. Now, we've seen this case study. We see that Peter was in a difficult situation and Peter was in chains. I want you to have at the forefront of your mind what your chains are. What are the things that have you bound right now? Is it fear? 
is an addiction. And I don't want you to think addiction. I don't want you to relegate the word addiction to substance. I want you to understand that you might have an addiction to fear. You might have an addiction to worry. You might have an addiction of being sick. Uh, my therapist, uh, a year and a half ago, I started therapy about my anxiety. And what she told me in that one of those first sessions was there is a chemical, come on, Jesus, that your body releases when you get to this level of anxiety. There's this chemical and our bodies can become addicted to that. So even though it's not good for me, even though it doesn't feel good to me, my, it's it's home. It's it's become home to my body. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it's anxiety has become home. It's not where I want to be. It's not how I want to feel. But I'm at home here. I'm at home when I'm worried, sick. I'm at home when I'm concerned about everything. I'm at home when I'm overworked and overwhelmed. I'm at home when I ain't got no time to do nothing. I'm busy and I'm cranky. I'm at home when I'm sick and I don't feel good. I'm at home in that. Maybe it's not what you want, but you at home. That's an addiction. So I don't know what has you bound. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it is depression that's got you chained and it's keeping you from entering into good relationships. Maybe it's anxiety that's keeping you from getting in the room. It's keeping you from stepping out. It's keeping you from stepping up. Maybe it's anxiety that's got you in chains. Maybe it is sin that has you in change. There's something that you are doing that don't nobody know but you and God. And that's the thing that keeps you from standing into the light. It's the thing that keeps you from connecting and allowing people to get in. It's the thing that keeps you from the very thing that you are so desperate for. Maybe it's anger. Oh, baby, anybody mad all the time. Anybody first response is anger. Somebody did something, you mad. Your feelings ain't hurt. You ain't sad. You ain't scared. You're mad. You're angry all the time. Maybe it's your anger, right? That anger won't allow you to get into certain spaces. It won't allow you to elevate to certain levels. Maybe it's unforgiveness that's got you in chains. Anybody harboring unforgiveness in your heart, you're right. I don't know how bad it was and I don't know who did what to you and I don't know how hard it is. But what I do know is that unforgiveness keeps us bound in chains and it allows resentment and bitterness to take over. Maybe it's self-doubt that's got you. I don't know what it is that has you bound. I don't know what your chains are. I don't know what your chains are, but I'm going to tell you this. They don't matter because somebody has been praying for you. Do you hear me? I don't care. Come on, this I told y'all. I don't care what the chains are. I don't care if the chains are a messy marriage. I don't care if the chains are abuse and toxicity. I don't care if the, the chains are disease. I don't care what your chains are. Somebody has been praying for you, but you won't participate. You are too busy complaining about the thing that woke you up in order for you to follow what God is telling you to do. You concerned about how abrupt it was. You concerned about their delivery. You concerned about what they look like how they sound. Well, she ain't have to say it like that. Well, she ain't have to look like that. 
Maybe she ain't have to say it like that. Maybe she ain't have to look like that, but you're worried about the wrong thing. That's the thing that's keeping you from participating. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what your chains are. I don't care what has you bound, but I'm telling you that somebody has been praying for you, but you won't participate. You are too busy being worried about what you look like instead of just putting on what you got. I am telling you right now that it doesn't matter what you've been going through. Somebody has been praying for you. There's a mama somewhere that's been praying for you. There's a sister somewhere that's been praying for you. There is somebody in the chat that don't know your name, don't know you from a can of paint, but has been praying for a woman like you. There is somebody in a room, in a hut, somewhere on the other side of the world that is praying for you right now, but you're too busy focusing on the ones that tried to hold you back. You're too busy focusing on the ones that hate on you. There is somebody right now who is praying for you. Somebody's been praying for you and they're going to keep praying for you until you start to see yourself the way the Lord sees you, until you can truly see who you are. Somebody been praying for you. They ain't new to this. They true to this. And they have decided they are committed to standing in the gap for you. But you refuse to participate. You want to know how you're going to get through the gate. How you're going to get the job. How you're going to secure the bag. How this man going to change? How the Lord going to do it? How am I supposed to do this if they're still doing that? This is what you got to know. Somebody's been praying for you. Your responsibility in this season is to participate, baby. You're trying to get a breakthrough. You want some deliverance. You want a blessing. Friend, you got to participate. What does it mean? It means that you have got to be obedient. You don't understand. This is what you're missing. That while somebody is somewhere praying for you, that as you participate in doing what the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, how much more confirmation do you need, says God? How many more times? The Lord is saying to somebody, how many times? Why do you continue to call me Lord, Lord, and then don't do what I say? God is saying, get up off the ground right now and participate in this breakout. Participate in this breakthrough. What you don't understand is that your obedience in action, when you are in step with God, if you continue to be obedient, if you continue to take action, if you continue to take action that is in step with God until it's done, that you ain't got to worry about the people that are guarding you because you're going to walk right past them. You ain't got to worry about the gate because the gate is going to fly open because even the gate can see who is with you. Even the gate knows who you are. And in case you don't know, Jesus is the gate. He said, he said, these folks out here, not only am I the good shepherd, I'm the gate. Jesus is the gate. If I would just, if I would just focus on staying in step with God, then the gate would fly open because Jesus in the, is the gate. The gate has already anticipated my approach. The gate has already got its marching orders from God. So it's so crazy that the gate will comply, but I will not. Mm -mm, not today, Satan. I'm going to get my breakthrough. Anybody with me? Anybody breaking out today? It sees you. It knows who you are. It's crazy to me that the gate can see the power of God in you. 
and is responding to that power, but you refuse to participate. As long as you are with the Lord, this is what you have to understand. As long as you are with the Lord, you ain't got to break the chains. The chains will fall off. As long as you are with the Lord, you don't have to break out. The doors are going to be open. As long as you are, as long as you are with Jesus, the gate is going to swing wide open. You understand what I'm saying? That's the part that you, we act like it's got to be so hard out here. We out here acting like it's hard work. It is not. The Lord says my yoke is easy and burden is light. Stay in step with him. Do you understand what a yoke is? A yoke goes on two animals. That's why it says, the Bible says, uh, for you not to be unequally yoked. So I'm here and the Lord is here and we yoke together. My yoke is easy. It means that we are collaborators. I'm partnering with him. Me and Jesus are on the same team. I'm on team Jesus. He's on team courage. You understand? Jesus is on the team with you. And since Jesus is with me, I ain't got to break these chains. These chains going to fall off. I ain't got to kick the gate open. The gate going to fly open. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is the problem. Jesus. Maybe this is the problem. Maybe, maybe you're not walking with Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Um, I told somebody the other day, I was like, you know, people, it's a lot of people out here. They friends and fans, but they're not followers of Jesus. They his friend. They want to be his friend. They, they Facebook friends, you know, Facebook friends, we friends on Facebook, but we not necessarily friends in real life. They Facebook friends. You know what I'm saying? They fans, they got a Jersey. You know what I'm saying? They got a team Jersey, but they don't play on the team. They got a team jersey, but they not following the plays. They just sitting in the sideline on game day cheering, and then they going home to do whatever whatever they want to do. You understand what I'm saying? And maybe that's true right now. You know, maybe you don't know Jesus, and, and but maybe you ready right now. You ready? You ready right now? Maybe you ready right now. You see people going to get their breakthrough. People are ready to start participating they're ready to start following God and, and, and walking in step with him. And you're like, dang, I want to get a breakthrough too. I want to be delivered. You know, I want, I want to get to, I want blessings. I want all those things that you talk. I want to be delivered from sin and death. I'm ready for the chains to fall off. Right? Is that true? Do I have anybody that's ready for the chains to fall off? If that's you, then I want to invite you to share, to say this prayer with me. Oh, Father, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I confess that I've been doing things my own way. I am committed to turning away from following my flesh to follow you. I believe that you've sent your son, Jesus, to die for me and that you resurrected him. I am asking him to come and be in my heart and be Lord of my life. God, I thank you for saving me, for forgiving me and for giving me eternal life with you. In Jesus name, amen. Listen. I want to be the first 
to welcome you to the family. Welcome to the family. <laughs> Listen, send us an email at praise at boldfaithchurch.org. Um, somebody from the care team is going to reach out to you. We want to get some resources in your hand, um, come around you so you don't have to do this walk alone. Yes, your relationship with Christ is an individual one, but this life is not one that we are meant to do alone. So come and get in community with us. Listen, as always, you know, it is not over. I want you to join us after the conversation continues. The conversation starts. We put community in Bold Faith Community Church when we get into our life groups. Um, come and be a part of the life group. Come and get connected. We are going to be discussing the points from the sermon today, our greatest takeaways, and our intention to apply that word to our life. Somebody got... If you got a revelation, drop a fire emoji. If you heard a word today and it was what you needed to hear, if there was any part of this message that spoke to you and you got confirmation or you got clarity or you got an aha and you realize that there is something that God wants to get you free from, drop, drop a fire emoji and then drop in on this Zoom, okay? Drop in on this Zoom. If you would love to be a part of what God is doing in and through Bold Faith Community Church, you can go to boldfaithchurch.org and give your tithes and offering there. We could not do this work without you. We certainly couldn't do the meetup without your generosity. So we appreciate you. The ladies of Atlanta, Georgia, appreciate you already for all of those of you who are um, faithful givers and supporters of Bold Faith Community Church. I think that's all I got to say. There's probably other stuff I need to say, like subscribe to this channel, share, hit the notification. Oh, and join us Monday through Friday for daily Bible reading. If you are looking to build a habit of reading your Bible every day, join us 7 a.m. EST right here. Same bet channel. Not same bad time, but right here. Okay. All right. I love y'all. See y'all on the inside. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.